0: Hey guys, welcome back to the second episode of this podcast. Uh, we are excited to f- continue on our story down our journey into homesteading. Um, but just for a second, I wanted to fast forward to where we are right now. Um, some of you that are actually listening to the podcast and haven't seen our YouTube channel may not know a lot about us. Basically, we are on a we are on 10 acres, we're a family of six, and we're trying to grow a market garden to both feed our family and sell. Uh, some produce and then we also have goats we have um, we have a cow that we're soon going to have back over here chickens, for milk ducks. we have chickens ducks um, and we had pigs for a while but we'll get into that into the story used when we used to
1: have quail and some other things yeah we used to have some other things too <laughs> yep yeah,
0: but we'll, we will get more into that okay. i just want to kind of give you guys a little bit of a uh, you know a little bit of an idea of what we do now and kind of where we are if you had, don't know much about us.
1: Yeah. Where we left off last time was so we when we made it to Louisiana.
0: Yep, so we had just moved to Louisiana,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and that was quite a story in and of itself. So <laughs> when we moved down to Louisiana, I actually had to work for another yeah. month up in Indiana
1: mm-hmm.
0: before I could finish transferring down to the job in Louisiana.
1: Right, so we were transitioning out of, uh, we had just gotten out of the Navy, and you know, when we were in Indiana, we had just gotten out of the military, and so it was like a fresh start for us, and yeah, we had decided homesteading was for us, and we were hooked, so then, yeah, the move down to Louisiana, so me and our three girls at the time, uh, no, and Miles, yeah, he was born in Indiana. Miles, yeah. <laughs> so me and all of the kids, all four kids, are moving down to Louisiana. But again, like he said, he had to stay behind for a short time. So you can imagine, any of you mothers out there, any of you homesteading women, you can imagine. It was a little, little hard at first. So.
0: Yeah, I mean, really, anybody, homesteader or not, when you're stuck right. with four kids <laughs> by yourself in a small house. so. Basically, I moved. I helped move the family down, and we, we We didn't move into a piece of property with land at the time. We moved no. into a residential neighborhood. It was a smaller home uh, with a little teeny tiny backyard and a normal little front yard and a little neighborhood.
1: Yeah, it was, um, it was not like Insta Farm. It was it was total opposite of that. It was right next to the interstate, so we could hear every single
0: car mm-hmm. passing
1: by all the time all hours of the night it was yeah, and, completely different uh, yeah, completely
0: different than what it was
1: city complete city yeah. and
0: so when we moved down we still had our animals and we had a some good friends of ours uh, they're actually still really good friends of ours up in Indiana uh, kind of watch our animals while we were gone they have a, they have a piece of property that they had goats on and they had chickens and, and turkeys and whatnot. Uh, so they kind of Threw our goats in with their goats. Mm -hmm. And at the time, that's when we got chickens right when we were moving. So right right as we're moving.
1: So we had already, as we previously said in our previous podcast, we had already done meat birds, but we had never had laying hens.
0: Yeah, that's when we got laying hens. Not chickens per se, but laying hens. (laughs) Yep. And so, lo and behold, she is perusing Craigslist again. And she comes across. Craw- was it Craigslist or was it a friend?
1: Um, I believe it was Craigslist. Yeah, that time. Yeah, because uh, another friend had offered me the chickens that she had, and it didn't work out. So, these, oh, these, that's what it was. These that we ended up getting for the first time were from Craigslist. Craigslist.
0: So Craigslist. this someone wanted to get rid of their chickens, nine free laying hens, mm-hmm. and I am always the skeptical one. I when I see something free. I, I mean, there's a catch. Someone's getting rid of it for a reason.
1: He asks a lot of questions before he will even consider it. Yeah. <laughs> which, is, which is a good I, thing. That's, that's a good thing.
0: And so we end up getting these nine free laying hens, and they end up being not too bad, but we were moving and we didn't have anywhere for them. So right. as we're moving, we drop the goats off with our friends, and we drop the nine laying hens off with our friends, and we spray paint the little dots on their backs so we know which ones are ours
1: and which ones are our friends picture if you will yeah this is a friend of ours has uh you know a pretty good amount of land uh but you know considering what he has but he also has a flock of his own he has his own laying flock which look really similar to these nine hens even the same breeds and the same ages so how are we going to tell them apart so that was his question too when you want your hens back How am I gonna know which ones are yours? So someone came up with the brilliant idea of spraying spray paint on their backs. That was fun. (laughs) Also,
0: I just wanna stop just for a moment and you guys will notice I'm wearing the Coghill hat today, not the Naked Hog hat. And these are super comfy hats. These are a newer style hat that Jason over at Coghill Farm started carrying. If like uh, if you guys don't mm-hmm. know about Jason and Brooke and, and MC, go check them out. They have their own podcast and another YouTube channel. Uh, and then these hats, are for they sell these hats over on their website. Go check those out as well.
1: Yeah, so I'm not wearing it currently, but they also have a woman's hat. Yes. Very yep. similar to that. I love it. I'm in love with that hat. I, I wear it a lot now. So it's got a, a spot in the back of the hat for your ponytail for your hair to go. So if you People with a lot of hair like me, they can just you know be, be put more, it through the ponytail hole, yeah. the hat because that was always my, my hardest problem. I would always wear like a floppy farm hat or something, or not a hat like that, because my hair wouldn't fit under it and it wasn't comfortable. So now, a much better solution, right? Yeah, <laughs> anyway, I thought
0: I'd mention that just because someone's commented before when they saw me wearing this cog yeah. heel hat. Um, so but
1: there's a girl version of it. So, mm-hmm. laying
0: hands, so the nine laying hands yeah. we dropped off, we spray painted their backs, and then we moved. Our whole family down to Indiana, or down to Louisiana.
1: Louisiana. (laughs) A lot of places. So then I (laughs) drove
0: back up, and I was up there for a month, and I drove down every weekend, the 14-hour drive, I drove down to see you guys and be there for a weekend. I would drive down Friday. I would stay Saturday and then drive back on Sunday so I could work on Monday. Mm -hmm. So fast forward a month, we have... Still have nine chickens and some goats that have to go somewhere. Right. So when I'm done with work, we decide that we're going to try and put these animals in our little residential backyard.
1: So as you said, it's a tiny little fenced in backyard, but it was enough to hold.
0: Two was it two goats? No, no, no it was, was it? two, three, three, because it was two and and a ba- and a couple babies.
1: Okay, so two and
0: four. two grown and two ba- right. two kids. Okay,
1: so a few goats and nine little hens. Okay, and of course we built them a little chicken house in the tiny backyard, but that's what they had and squished in together, and we all fit in this little city residential living and it was okay with our landlord for temporary purposes you know but these poor goats
0: stuck in this little backyard it was not great at all that was fun Uh, (laughs) um so picture this we didn't have any other shelter for the goats in the backyard no so we repurposed our saskovich style chicken tractor for the for the Chicken coop for the laying hens. It
1: turned it into a laying coop. Yeah.
0: And we locked the goats in with the chickens in this chicken tractor every night.
1: Now, amazingly, it worked. I don't know how, but it worked. They got along. The goats got along with the chickens. <laughs> and really, the thing. only
0: reason we felt like we needed to lock the goats up at night was because there were dogs in the neighborhood and stray dogs mm-hmm. and things like that, and I didn't want to take a chance right. with them. Yeah. Um, but... That was interesting, having to. But that's when we we got our first eggs in that little residential area right. that we would ever gotten had of never, our own eggs. We had never
1: gotten that experience of the laying hen laid you an egg. You know, you go out and collect the eggs. Never had that experience. Now, I believe I had that experience when I was little, but I mean that was I, I couldn't remember. That was too far back. It was so many years ago. So I wanted that experience as an adult. I wanted to have laying hens and I wanted to go gather the egg. You know, so I thought I, everything I had read had told me that when you move hens to a different location that's not their home, they're going to go through shock and they're not going to lay for you. Well, we had just gotten them to this location. I think it was that day or the very next day, and one of them laid an egg for us. And we just
0: were... Yeah, we were ecstatic. Yeah, other yeah, other yeah,
1: yeah, like, yeah. I remember Avery screaming and jumping up and down, we got an egg! You know, it was, it was great. It was so great.
0: Something so simple can make you so excited. Yeah. That, was, that was really awesome. Uh, so then we had... Uh we had looked at a couple other places to move, and mm-hmm. then the place where we are now ended up being the best option. Yep. So we moved into where we are now, and this is a house, and we have, you know, we have right ten, ten, acres. 10 acres. Yeah, it's right at just 10 acres. Under it,
1: but it's, it's lots more room out in the country. Thank goodness. So we had a place to put us, all our kids, and our animals. Yeah, so, so we,
0: we were only... Thankfully, we were only stuck in the little house about four months, and then we moved into here. Yep. Now, when we moved into this property, it was all completely and totally wooded, except for about an acre that the house is on and the front yard.
1: Right. So, and, there wasn't a lot of, like, roaming space, pastures. There was enough room for animals, but most of it, like you said, was still wooded, needed to be cleared. So, So, needed some work.
0: Off to the side of our house, there was a little structure. There still is. A little, a little like a little, um, a tiny home, if you will. It's right. a tiny little, what someone probably was using to live in at some point. Um, and with a carport-ish area over the top of it. Mm-hmm. And that is where we ended up making our first barn.
1: We repurposed it into a barn shelter uh, you know, with a fenced in area for our goats. So that's where they were when we, that's where we put them when we got here, and that's where they currently still are.
0: Mm-hmm. So, because we're kind of make it work people, we didn't really have the resources, the financial resources to just actually turn it into an all out barn. So, right. what we did is the carport area, we took some weld wire fencing and we just, at first, we fenced it off, and then we had never really lived, like we lived out in the country in Indiana. But this is like the woods, right? We're out here, and like it's all wooded. It's
1: more like the, the sticks. Of so
0: the south. <laughs> I'm thinking predators, right? right? So I not only do we put weld wire fencing around the goats, but I ran a top wire of polywire electric, mm-hmm. one, to make sure the goats didn't try to jump out, and two, keep predators to out. keep any predators out.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So that was kind of our first barn that we right. barned. And I thought that was quote. pretty good. yeah it wasn't too bad it was pretty good and then the chickens we used that same uh repurposed chicken tractor and we put it out in the front yard and then we just free-ranged our flock of chickens
1: now free-ranging i know all of you guys probably have your different opinions about free range so out here it actually i have my doubts too but it actually worked really well i mean i think we only have was it one hawk attack or two
0: yeah one I think Hawks got them one now, time we
1: have at uh, one time I think it was 55 birds and we had oh and we had geese and we had ducks and we had muscovie's and we had lang it was just they were everywhere and they Free range the whole property and they were just friendly and they didn't get run over They just knew to you know move out of the way of people and cars and stuff But they just roamed the property and they kept down all the bugs kept away snakes and everything and nothing ever got them because they went to Bed at night and they never wandered Mm -hmm. off They knew their area and they kind of had a feel for how far they could go and how far they shouldn't go and they stayed within their boundaries
0: now when she says they did well there, were, there are a couple bad things when you have chickens free-ranging in your front yard. There
1: are some downsides. Right
0: close to your house. So yeah. our porch, what happened with our porch?
1: Mm-hmm. So something we didn't consider. They wanted to come inside with us, and they wanted to follow <laughs> the people into where the feed is or where the feed is coming from, which is people. So followed us up the steps of our porch and wanted to hang out on our porch all day and just wait to be fed because I guess we pampered them too much. So um, with birds comes poop, so... It was all over our front porch all the time. And
0: once we got here with our nine chickens and four goats, it was Craigslistaholic over here bringing home chicken after chicken after chicken I got, after duck
1: I got a little excited after about goose. Birds a <laughs> was
0: it six geese? The geese, we got a good yeah. we got them for free, right? So
1: somebody just wanted to get rid of their geese, so I just got free geese free yeah. geese you know how expensive geese are yeah the, I, so, we you know they are expensive we
0: we want some more yes we do you
1: know. so yeah and that's that's a, a different tale of uh further on of how we had to not
0: have mm, our yeah so well property. we yeah so we move we get more and more chickens more and more uh, poultry in general mm-hmm. um we ended up Going back up to Indiana, getting a few more goats from our good friends up there, and bringing them down.
1: We did. Um, so we got a bunch of animals at this point, and and the then pigs.
0: we and this yeah. So it then the
1: pig. then
0: we decide. Well, it was a really good experience with pigs up in Indiana. Yeah. So why not do it again? Yeah. So we went and we got uh, was it four.
1: Four, four pigs? Four. We
0: have four pigs mm-hmm. with the intention of, of slaughtering uh, uh, maybe, what, two of them? I think it was mm-hmm. with the intention of butchering two of them mm-hmm. and keeping two to breed.
1: Mm-hmm. Now, so, when we say breed, we meant, you know, later on in their life cycle when they get a little bit older, so...
0: Yeah, so the problem was <laughs> these, and large, bl- so we got large blacks because we really like that breed. They're really yeah. gentle. Large blacks in general, when they're purebred large blacks, they they don't uh, come in, they're not able to get pregnant quite as quickly as they mature later on. It's
1: supposed to take a while.
0: So it takes usually 10 to 12 months from all the research that I had done previously. And from our experience in Indiana, that was true as well. Uh, 10 to 12 months before they're mature enough that they're able to get pregnant and breed
1: and also bear in mind the experience We had before in Indiana with the other breed of pigs um, the Yorkshire Oh, the other breed we had. Yeah, yeah, the other breed we had they were fully grown They were fully uh, butcher size and huge pigs and they still had not bred and none of our males were cut or uh, castrated and they had not bred so we thought oh it takes them a long time to be ready to breed you know, so with that experience yeah. in mind, we thought surely we thought it'd be
0: okay. Surely
1: these large we black piglets, these little small babies, surely we have a lot of time before they'll breed. So right?
0: about six months goes by, they're doing great. We had them, uh, we put them in the woods. Right, the whole property is is forested, so we lined out an area. Um, with polywire electric. Pigs do really, really well with electric fencing. The only thing you have to do is you got to train them to it when they're little. You put up some hard fencing, put in a little bit of uh, one strand of electric in the inside, Mm -hmm. and then they learn that they can't run through that electric fencing. Same thing we had done up in Indiana. We did down here. So we put ran polywire fencing out in the forest. It worked really well. These pigs were staying in. They were doing great. Mm -hmm. And then... They started getting bigger.
1: Well, we noticed they were getting bigger. I thought they were just getting fat because our kids have a tendency to feed them a lot of scraps and different things. Uh, well, one evening, we're out by the driveway <laughs> close to the pig area, and we hear little piggy squealing. Yeah, we hear squealing. <laughs> I hear squealing, and I've never heard piggy baby sounds you know, before, yeah. and I said, what is that? <laughs> mm-hmm. So we go investigate, and lo and behold, we have
0: piglets. One of them had had piglets. And we did not realize. I mean, pigs are big animals. I mean, mm-hmm. she was pregnant, but we just ex- figured they were getting right. bigger. And, and she was I like mean,
1: a big pig. You, you know. figure
0: pigs when you let these the, when you let large blacks fully mature, they're going to be between uh, 600 and 900 pounds, depending on you know whether it's male, female, and, and the genetics in there.
1: But it had so not been that No, big, they were yeah. only
0: maybe 300 pounds at that point. Maybe not even that. Maybe two, two fifty. Yeah, they were still. Low. And so we thought they were just growing, and then they have these piglets unexpectedly. And then
1: the next mama had piglets shortly thereafter, and the <laughs> next one. And then before you know it, we are swimming in, in piggies. Pigs. Yeah,
0: swimming in piggies. Now the one thing about using electric fencing with pigs is that piglets, when they are tiny, they spend about a week snuggling to mama. And then then they start roaming. They start roaming big time. Mm. And they do not care about electric fence because they're too small Mm -hmm. to even worry about it. It may zap them a little bit, but they just run right past it because they're not trained to it.
1: You will have pigs all over your area. You'll you'll have pigs up under your car, up under your house, they will be everywhere. And
0: if you want a breed of pig that is going to give you lots of piglets, large black is the one because they Filled their teats yes, like every like large they had sweaters, thirteen to fifteen sweaters. per litter, mm-hmm. and they yeah. were healthy and good they mamas. They're beautiful.
1: They're beautiful. Really and they were good so mamas. Sweet and so cute, and we love pigs. It was just so many of them.
0: <laughs> and they so they uh, just a little bit about how they farrowed. They did really well. That we didn't even know they were pregnant, right? So mm-hmm. they went out. They nested. They have really good instincts. Some of the more industrial breeds that are that are bred for that type of thing are kind of like um, they don't have all the natural instincts necessarily. As strongly as okay, some of the right. heritage breed pigs do, mm-hmm. um, and they they did really well. They well, just the same
1: thing in chickens. Some are, uh, breeds are, have a tendency to go broody, and other breeds have been yeah. kind of bred out of them.
0: So large blacks really good mothers. If you do want to get into breeding pigs, large I, I definitely highly recommend looking into large blacks because mm-hmm. while they're not going to be a small homestead pig because they do get big, they're a large pig. Um, they're not like a little cooney coonie or something. No, they're but, very big, but, they but are they're are really good. Yeah. Most
1: wonderful, Extremely ever.
0: docile so
1: friendly. Yeah, so, and that was the, the best memories that we had about the pigs are the best memories I have. Yeah, and I know definitely. the kids do too. Yeah. We would go out every day and we would, you know, like go over the electric or into their area and we would call them by name. And they knew their names. They would come to us and we would pet them just like a dog and they would roll over and let us rub their belly. And they were so yeah, sweet. Yeah. And I, just, I loved them.
0: So, to resolve this piglet problem we had, we had to wait for them to get weaned about eight weeks. Then we put them up on Craigslist and put a sign out by the road and started trying to sell all these piglets. Right. Now, <laughs> I can, my memory of the piglets is when they started getting a little bit bigger, they weren't quite weaned yet. And we had just put them up saying that we were going to sell them. Mm-hmm. And I'm laying in bed at midnight. And I hear this just this rustling and rummaging under the house, and I'm like, What in the world is under our house? And I go out at like midnight, 1 a.m., flashlight, and look. And lo and behold, two of the pigs, piglets, decided they were going to do some nighttime foraging under the house, banging and clanging the pipes, our home is if you haven't watched our videos, or, or I don't know if you can even see it in the videos, but our home is kind of a raised, uh, yeah. a pillar-style home. So it's all, so it's, all, you know, it's mm-hmm. off the ground. It's all, you know, underneath you can access it. So the pigs were under the under the house just banging and clanging, and man, had I had a just, heck of a time getting them back yeah, in at 1 a.m. These little
1: scoundrels had decided oh, they just wanted to play more. at night, and they were just too big to be held back oh, anymore, and they wanted to go everywhere they wanted yeah. to. Yeah.
0: Oh, man.
1: And we were thinking, because there is a, a road uh, that's right here by our property, you know, right after you go down the driveway, you know, there's there's a major highway there. There's a major road. So we were thinking they're going to go out on the road, and they're definitely going to get hit by a car, and they're going to cause an accident. Yeah,
0: and that was a concern. And so during the day, the, the piglets would wander as together as a, as a herd out into the road sometimes. so we would have to go round them back in. So when we got all the piglets sold, it was such a relief yeah. getting them sold. And at that point, we were so done with pigs that we still loved pigs and we still do, but we just needed a break and we needed to revisit and rethink things. At that right, point, right. we were getting ready to clear some of the land. Mm-hmm. And we just, we ended up... Um, giving away some of the pigs at a really good deal. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them we just gave away just and, uh, to friends of ours. Yeah, one
1: or two we slaughtered, one or two we gave away. We mm-hmm. just ended up being done with pigs for the moment because, you know, when you get jump too far ahead and get too yeah. far into something and too far over your head like that, you have to... Uh, step back a little so we had to take a step back and decide what was best for our homestead because yeah like I said it was becoming uh, a danger it was becoming overwhelming and it was becoming a dream because yep. I don't know if any of you know how much it costs to feed pigs especially oh that many man pigs, but the feed cost is something that you have to consider that was a monumental feed cost yeah it, it would have taken a whole nother job for us to be able to feed these pigs. Yeah, so we
0: were spending roughly $400 a month in just pig feed. That didn't include the other animals. But $400 they, a month in pig feed. But they
1: weren't even uh, sizable yet. They weren't even fully grown. So by the time all these piglets would have become
0: Oh yeah, if we had kept the piglets, to yeah, for weight, sure, yeah.
1: That that feed bill would mm-hmm. have been astronomical. Yeah,
0: so the $400 a month was just maintaining the piglets as piglets, and, the and then the 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 four grown pigs that we had. Right. And they were, they were big. By the time we slaughtered them, they were. Um, by the time we got rid of all the piglets, and then got rid of the actual full-grown pigs, mm-hmm. the the boar that we had, he was, uh, he was, was at least six hundred pounds, six seven hundred um, pounds. He was so huge. Yeah. He was big. And
1: he was the sweetest. He was the most docile and sweetest one out of all of them. He had the best temperament Mm -hmm. out of all of them, but he was a monster pig. (laughs) He was so big. Most
0: pigs, people will tell you that if the mama has piglets, don't go touch the piglets because the mama is going to be aggressive and you're going to get eaten up. But these pigs, like the mama, obviously would be concerned, but you grab her piglet, she comes up to you and snorts a little bit and looks at what you're doing, Mm
1: -hmm. and
0: she's like, hey, Don't mess with my piglet. And then she just goes on her way, and it's okay.
1: Other people's pigs or other pigs that. Uh, have not been handled every day or not as well handled well, by people. Well, that's true. Yeah, we handled That them. might be true. That yeah. statement might be true. Don't mess with her piglets. But these had been handled since infancy. They they knew us. They knew us and they knew their names. And like I said, we just loved on them every day. So they trusted us to touch their babies and they didn't attack or anything. They just kind of got upset. And, and I don't know if you've ever heard the mama pig upset sound, but she has a certain sound she makes when she's nervous and anxious mm. and upset and she wants you to stop, you know, yep. she makes that yep. sound. She would never harm us because she was a well-handled pig. So. Yep.
0: <laughs> sorry, guys, we had to restart the camera. Yeah. Um, sorry. So, <laughs> um, we got the pigs gone. Right. So we got the pigs gone, and we—if you fast forward a little bit from there. Um, You kind of go watch some of the YouTube videos that we did, but everything just kind of stagnated. And we didn't really make a whole lot of progress. I was working a job where I was gone a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, I was gone away from home a lot. So not just not i was working long hours on the nights that i did come home and then i was gone overnight a lot having to travel and it was just not very conducive to family let alone a homestead and getting the farm done so
1: everything had taken a step back so like he said we got rid of the pigs but then also we had uh, gotten rid of our flock our entire all the 50 yep. birds and, and got uh, rid of the birds the huh. geese, geese are gone. gone uh geese are gone ducks are gone um you know all these other different variety of birds and our laying hens all gone. We just downsized. We stepped back and we said, okay, we need to refocus here for a second. We got way in over our heads. We started just trying to find our way back to uh, proceeding forward slowly into our homestead. Yeah.
0: And that's so that's when
1: we made a pivotal turning point.
0: Yeah. And let's go back to and focus on the garden for a second. So we did the animals. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, we were doing all these animals and, and we started trying to plant a garden when we first came in here, too. Yeah,
1: so we made the tent. And so
0: this garden, guys, when we, our idea of a garden when we first moved here, and this really was our first garden that we had really successfully yeah. done really well, or that we had tried to do successfully. Right, and
1: in our adult so, life, this was our first uh, yeah. attempt at it. Yeah.
0: So this garden, our idea of it was that it needed to be all heirloom seeds, Because hybrids were evil. It needed to be uh, no tilling. (laughs) So we put tarps. No, we didn't even put tarps. We put hay down (laughs) over the grass to kill the grass. And somewhere in my mind, I thought, okay, this is a good idea, I saw it on YouTube, and this is what they said you do, and we it's supposed gonna, to just break down the grass. We going to
1: give it a try. And yeah. <laughs> you don't even need to
0: till it. The soil just becomes supple and workable. Right,
1: right. And we just right. thought magically in this clay hard dirt that we would just put these seedlings in the ground and nature yeah. would just do the rest.
0: So we, we grew out these, these heirloom seedlings. We put them in the ground, and what happened?
1: We didn't grow
0: anything. We didn't grow nothing. Oh
1: no! Even
0: the plants, even though they survived, they did not thrive. Mm -mm. They did not produce anything.
1: The bugs ate up whatever didn't yeah make it. <laughs> whatever. And whatever
0: did live the bugs you know? ate
1: yeah
0: it was absolutely miserable was we worked awful. so hard for it too
1: and i would be out there for hours and hours just watering these garden beds by hand with a water hose and yeah. I, I had all these seed trays like set up on two, our two
0: three hours you'd our, be watering yeah
1: on our back porch area on our little back deck i had folding tables out there and tons and tons of of seed trays with little seedlings that were growing great but once the seedlings went out in the garden kaput and and we just couldn't figure out what we were doing wrong and if we had to try to feed our family off what we grew that first year we would have we would have
0: starved yeah and not just the first year but the second year yeah and the third year
1: and we would try, we would fix, you know, or we thought we'd fix what we had done wrong. We would adjust mm-hmm. things, we would try again, and we were we were diligent. I'll give us that. We were diligent. We tried again, tried again, but it just still wasn't working. Here we were three years mm-hmm. in, and we can't grow any food.
0: And so, uh, my good buddy Jason over at Cockhill Farm, he uh, was familiar with a company called Hoss Tools, and they... Um, he kind of is—he's kind of the one that got me turned on to looking into Host Tools and trying out some of their stuff. So we ordered some of their seeds and we ordered some of their tools, and oh my gosh, it was Game a night changing. and day difference. So um, not only do they sell the seeds, the tools, drip tape, all the all the stuff you need, but they also Travis puts out videos uh Travis um and Greg are the two over house tools and and they put out videos on their YouTube channel host tools and they explain how to do everything yeah. and even if you don't buy anything from them they put all these videos out right. and it's super super helpful when to plant how to plant what to fertilize with what to use and their stuff works and we just so well the, you know, just-
1: oh my gosh what were we doing before what was that that wasn't yeah so the first
0: time we did a squash bed and we laid down drip tape and we went to water and just turned the water faucet on
1: and it just watered the And minute. it just
0: watered. No more spending three hours out with a hose and watering. All
1: you have to do, literally, is just remember to go turn the water off in a couple hours. You just got to turn it off.
0: And so we started doing this this last season, this yeah. last spring, just last this past, last year. Just this past year. Yeah. It's only
1: been a year. And this. Yeah. that is
0: the first time we have actually had a thriving garden that mm-hmm. could feed our family. I
1: know. That's
0: that, and that's what made it a realistic... Goal to have the market garden that we're getting going now.
1: So then things became more of a reality and less of a dream, some far-off dream. It was actually attainable now. Things were happening. We were growing food. We were canning food. Yeah. We were were feeding our family. Feeding the family off
0: it. Yeah, it's crazy. And then
1: all of a sudden we can do a market garden. Yeah, these these things were happening. But uh, I think when... Our mindset shifted to mm-hmm. gardening more than just a bunch of livestock, and when you know our land got cleared and we finally yep. started working the soil and we focused more on that area, that's when everything kind of shifted. That's when everything got better. Yeah.
0: Now, I am not saying that I'm not saying that no till is bad, that back to Eden is bad. I'm not saying that any of these other methods are bad, but what I am saying is that it's important to do what works for you that's so important if back to eden is the is the style of gardening that grows your family food then use it don't care what anybody else says if using you know fertilizer or seven dust or whatever you want to use on your garden is what works for you then use it Mm -hmm. for us we are able to use all organic pest control um, using BT, spinosad, neem oil. If you don't know what those products are, we'll kind of go in de- more in depth mm-hmm. on what those products are in another video. But use what works yep. for you.
1: So we do spray some stuff on our plants, but it is organic, you know. Yeah, it's, it's all natural. We it's organic. We don't spray harsh chemicals, nope. but let me tell you, we live in the deep south, so we have bugs. We have big bugs. And if we, yeah. don't, if we don't spray with anything, you're not going to grow anything. You're not. You're not you, you may grow it,
0: but yeah, you're going to grow a lot of bugs. I hope you yeah. like your protein source coming from the pests because that's where it's going to come from um and the other thing that's really important that got us to where we are now is community you know without our parents um without our friends our family our our neighbors we would not be where we are we have had so much help from everybody around us in our network of friends and family That it's just unreal. It's so important, guys. Reach out to your family. Reach out to your community. Reach out to to your friends. Johnny down the street that you've never met. Reach out to everybody. Make those connections. Community is so important. And really, that's that's a huge part of why we like doing these podcasts and doing YouTube. Is we like being able to reach out to you guys and kind of give you guys our experiences and share them with you to maybe help you some point, you know? Like and
1: we were saying the other day that we literally wouldn't have any of the stuff that we have that makes our homestead work if it wasn't for our family and our friends and our neighbors. We wouldn't have our tractor, we wouldn't have our tiller, we wouldn't have yeah. any of this. So know? our
0: our tractor we we it wasn't anything that was on Craigslist, on Facebook, nothing. It was Strictly through our good friend Work um, and yeah. he knew he had a friend that that had a tractor that didn't use it. and he was able to see if that if he wanted to sell it to right. us. and so if and it we weren't know. for our good friends, then then we wouldn't have the tractor
1: right. yeah, like he said, ask around, ask your neighbors, ask on Facebook because community works
0: and community, isn't just about taking it's also about giving when they need help so you just have to you know you, you got to keep that in mind that
1: yeah.
0: that's the point of reaching out is because not you don't reach out because you want something from somebody you reach out because you want to form those ties so that when <laughs> they
1: when they need when help, they need help whether when they're looking you're there for, for them. their chickens or their goats or their garden yeah. you may have something they need so, and yeah.
0: and when when you need stuff like we've had just we've had neighbors that we don't know real well but they know we're here and they had some those little chicken coops we have some little tiny chicken coop chicken house things um and he
1: just uh came they just stopped them uh, stopped and dropped them off i noticed you have chickens would you like these chicken coops that i don't use sure
0: (laughs) sure (laughs) absolutely (laughs) um we've had we've had a neighbor down the road stop and drop off Plants, just plant starts that right. he didn't have any, he was going on vacation, he didn't have any space for him, and he just dropped him off. Yeah. The community is so, so, mm-hmm. so very important, guys. Um, and so, um, that kind of brings us current. Um, the only other thing we have, I think only, we talked about our cow, so we have hey, our, we gotta talk about you know, maple. but Love we'll, maple. We'll touch yeah. base in the next podcast on kind of the, the absolute current, uh, where like we are Meg now. Came
1: to be the story of Mabel. <laughs> yeah, we can
0: talk about Mabel, how, how we got Mabel, mm-hmm. and then kind of talk about where we are currently with everything and mm-hmm. kind of our future plans is what I'm thinking. What do you think?
1: Yeah. It's a yeah. good idea. We can line it all out on paper if you want. We can take it step by step.
0: Yeah, yeah. So thank you guys so much for listening and watching and if you guys haven't checked out uh, Jason over Coghill Farms podcast, yes, go check yes. it out. He has a podcast as well. Great um, his Very podcast great. is also available on all the normal listening apps for podcasts as well as he has a YouTube channel of uh, Cockhill Farm Podcast. Mm-hmm. And it is really, really, really good, really good. They're yeah, on they're point good people. Yeah they're And good they're people. awesome. And they know
1: people. what
0: they're doing. <laughs> yeah, they, they do know what they're doing. They've been through it. So um, thank you guys again, and we will catch you guys in next week's podcast.